Hey, everybody, it's Sherry Dutter from The Writing Glitch on the Emotional Kids Summit. I am here with Sarah Collins. She is the homeschool OT. She is an occupational therapist by trade, but several years ago, she started homeschooling her kids and found this niche within parents, helping parents understand their kids. And some of the stuff that she helps them, the parents with was understanding emotion. And that's why I wanted to bring her on the podcast today. And so welcome, Sarah, again, because you've been on the podcast before, but welcome back and tell the people who may not have heard anything about you in the past, tell them a little bit about yourself. First, thanks for having me. You're right. This has been like a really special niche, a great community of people that I had no idea about because when we started education, my kids went to public school like everyone else in my community. And it wasn't until we were moving. So we left Maryland. We're moving to Pennsylvania and we moved in May, which was a silly time to be like restarting school and all of that. It was the end of the year. And here in Pennsylvania, where my son would have gone, it was a kind of separate kindergarten center, and then we would have moved schools again. And he already, he was not thriving in a classroom environment. He is a mover and a wiggler. And I talk all about this several times on all around, but he has um, sensory processing disorder himself. Fitting into a classroom was just... <laughs> not working well. So when we were moving and we said, we're just going to try this homeschooling thing. This was back in 2017. And so since that time, it's just grown. We have loved every second of it. And then pretty soon after, so about 2019, I was actually working. I went to a handwriting without tears lecture to try to keep my CEUs which is continuing education units for, to keep my OT license. And she was like, Sarah, you don't know how many like homeschool families come in here and just have a lot of questions. And I really realized that you're right. Like within our community, I was getting asked the same questions over and was using my OT hat on a regular basis in my own homeschool and just realized like, this is the perfect way to combine my love of homeschooling, my love of occupational therapy and really support our community. So that's, here I am. That's what we do. Absolutely. It's been interesting watching and learning from you. I think we met a couple of years ago. You reached out to me initially Mm -hmm. about being on one of your programs and you've had me come back several times. And every time I tweak it just a little bit, (laughs) just so that the new group of people learn something different, or if they've come back and they're repeating it again, they hear something new. And that probably will happen the next time that you invite me in because (laughs) I've revamped that webinar yet again. But we're always growing, right? (laughs) Yeah. And every time I revamp it, it is much more powerful than the time before. It happens with learning and education. And Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the things that the kids don't realize is Mm -hmm. it's not going to be perfect the first time you revamp and you revamp. And I think it's just one of those things that we need the the kids to hear. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we I, talk sure all you... the time in our homeschool about learning how you learn. Because frankly, if my child understands, you're talking about making math and ears and whatever, if he understands, or my daughter, all of them, but a calculus term or long division or whatever, 
great, fantastic. But how did you figure that out? Because later mm-hmm. on in your life, you're going to need to know how you learn. You walk into a to work and someone was talking in a meeting to you, you need to know whether you need something to fidget with or to move it. However, so that you can really pay attention to that. Me now, and you as well, Sherry, we are always revamping and we're always thinking about what's the next step within me, homeschool OT, you as you're thinking about handwriting and math and all of it together, working with education. We have to know ourselves. How do we research to be better OTs? How do we, who do we talk to? How do we ask questions? Do we want to look at something online? Do we want to read a book? These are all things that if my kids leave my homeschool knowing how they learn, it's so much more important to me than if they know these like facts and figures. I think that was a gold nugget. (laughs) And I think that one is one I need to resonate with teachers. Yeah. It's better to know how you learn rather than the facts and figures. Yeah. And that's so much easier, honestly, for me as a homeschool mom, when I have one student or in my homeschool, it's three, but that's way easier than in a classroom of 20 kids or even 30 kids. But we spend a ton of time talking, and this is a, an executive functioning skill of metacognition, ton of time talking about like, how did you do with that? What did you learn? What should you do better? How can you move forward with this? What could I have done differently as your mom? And you're, in this point, I call myself a lead learner, primarily because the majority of things that my kids are doing, I either don't remember from school or never even learned, especially if we're thinking about history. And now that my daughter's getting up in higher level math, dude, I never took any of that stuff. So we're just learning right along each other with each other. Oh, that makes me think of this fear that I have of the praxis test. I never went back and got my education license because I was terrified of taking that math test right? when, <laughs> to get into math, to get into education. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you just the vocabulary that I've picked up from learning and reading alongside of my kids. And I never read any British literature that my daughter's reading now. She's reading this summer to get, she's reading Pride and Prejudice. And I never read that either. I just, I wasn't smart enough, (laughs) really. But now that we are doing this together and I'm reading right alongside of her, it's amazing. Yeah. With me having the convergence and sufficiency reading is always like one of those things like, oh, is there any other way that I can learn? And that has turned out to be, I pair Audible and Kindle. Yeah, so right. I look for books that are on both so that I can learn from them. I can read along, but yeah. it helps with my concentration too. Because I can go off on a tangent too quickly. How about you you and your kids? Yeah. So Annabelle, my daughter, who's 14, she actually does the very same thing. And this summer, she got herself a book tracking app. She, speaking of learning how you learn, she recognized that if she has a checklist or she can um, know how long she's read or how many pages, it gives her like a success. And so she like wants to beat it. And so she, I don't remember off the top of my head what app it was, but Maybe we, I can look it up and you can put it in your show notes or whatever, but that has made it such a difference for her because she can look at what she's done and be really proud of herself. <laughs> and my how son. How cool is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like for executive functioning, she really needs that like prioritization and the persistence as she's working through. And so that motivates her. It gives that to her. 
Mm-hmm. You make me think of apps and I'm going to go here. Uh, I was going to wait, but then I thought, no, I'm going to do this anyway. I just purchased Speechify. Have you ever heard of Speechify? I have not. No. Speechify will link in a Chrome extension to any website. And if you click the play button, it will uh-huh. read the entire page to you. Oh, that's amazing. So there's yeah. a something maybe Annabelle would be, it would help her with her concentration along the way. Now, I only use it when I'm doing like blog posts or yeah. journal articles that I can, because right. how many journal articles now are, you can get a PDF form of it. Mm-hmm. So it will read it off your screen. So if, even if you have something like in Word, that's not on the internet. Yeah. You, it'll link there. You can see the little play button on the side. It's in, in my Google Docs. Yeah, it's been, it was. I'm getting my sin out so I can write it down because there's a lot of my clients that will love that information. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they will. So Speechify, so my go-to used to be just Grammarly and Otter yeah. AI, but I'm adding Speechify, I've added chat GPT and no, I don't do a chat GPT directly. Mm-hmm. I always write first, put it yeah. in chat GPT and make it better. Yeah. And then, and oh. then edit again. Speaking of how you learn and all that, I am I'm doing a summit next week on, or attending a summit next week on chat GPT and AI and all of that, because it is so far from my comfort zone. <laughs> but I recognize if this is the way we're moving, I need to learn. And I learn a lot better by someone explaining to me in that manner. So yeah. Is that by chance the one by Bridget Nicholson? It is. I don't know. I got it from Krista Fram, who is an OT who does copy work too, or copy work, copywriting and stuff. And so I saw it on her page. And so I signed up through that, but I don't know who's doing it, who runs it. Yeah. Okay. Bridget uh, Nicholson is also doing something on AI coming up over the next couple of weeks. And unfortunately, it's a day that I will not be able to attend. So she has been on the summit. I've already interviewed her. So please join the summit and uh, listen to some of the other uh, therapists. But I've also had clinical psychologists, social workers, some teachers of various different types of teachers. I've had a deaf teacher. I've had some math teachers. Mm -hmm. I had a special ed teacher. So it's been a real neat experience listening to the way people help these kids with outbursts. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, and not your kids, but when you're at a co-op and you've got a kid in an outburst situation, how are you supporting one, the kid and or two, the adult, the parent that might be trying to respond to that situation? Have you had any situations like that that might be able to give a gold nugget or two for the audience here? Sure. Yes, absolutely. So a co-ops for us are, are a bit different because most of the time parents are there. So it's not a same situation as far as like a whole 30 kids or whatever with one adult. But so I, and I do want to back up a little bit because before an emotional outburst, right? If we're thinking, we're putting on our sensory goggles or our sensory hat, we need to think about that. There is always a dynamic between two people, in, especially in this situation. And so both actually need to be 
regulated, which is, I recognize it, a kind of an OT term, but meaning if we're paying attention to our sensor, to our central nervous systems, if a child gets heightened and then you are as well, and then you're like going higher and higher and then the child is, and we're just escalating that situation. I believe that has been a, I I will tell you this, that's been a theme. Regulation and escalation have been a theme throughout the the summit. So this morning I was actually out on a walk and I was thinking to myself, now my kids are older and I can just leave my house and I can go for a walk and whatever. And that's what sets us up for the day. And it's the same thing, especially before we, our co-ops are on Mondays and Thursdays. And it's the same thing before those. And it's even more important then that I have that time for myself in the morning. Now it wasn't always that way, right? They were not always old enough where I could just leave. And in fact, I still, I come in and I do push-ups and sit-ups and my son walked in and I was like, don't mind me. I'm like, I'm not very strong. So I'm like at the kitchen counter, like doing my push-ups or whatever. (laughs) And, And he was like, this is so weird. I know, but this is what I do every morning. You just weren't in here. So it's making sure that I'm starting my own day off can I just interrupt you? Next yes, time totally. he interrupts, next time he interrupts you, tell him that you're preventing falls when you're older. <laughs> See? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And I will say that we are not as prone in my home anymore to the emotional outburst, partially because we've worked through so many of my own my my own sensory needs and then my children's. We talk about them all the time. We use the zones of regulation program, even in my own house and talking about where we are regulated. And But there was a time that we weren't. And there, I have dropped down and started doing push-ups myself in the middle of, a, of an outburst or a situation where I was like, you know what? I just need to be with you. But my body is causing me to be angry right now. And I just need to stop and go ahead and do this. And so a lot of times that odd, what on earth (laughs) that they would do would stop that moment, stop that outrage or stop that and just focus on the emotion and allow to then calm for a second and then move back and be able to change kind of the dynamic of what was happening there. A lot of times... (laughs) In my house, we've got some very similar terms that we use. So I know you guys can't see me necessarily if you're listening to the podcast, but I think about, and my kids have really loved this. I hold up the fist and we think about, this is your brain. So here's your brain stem is your thumb. And then folded over is your, the front of your hand is the cortex or or the brain, right? And so the front is your frontal lobe. And that's where most of these executive functioning skills that we've been talking about, your task initiation, your response inhibition, the prioritization, the persistence, like all these things we've been talking about, including emotional control are here in the frontal lobe. So when you are getting this outrage, especially like if it's reflexive, right? That's in the brainstem. We call that the barking dog. And when your barking dog is going, like the wise old owl, which is your frontal lobe, it flies away. So like we have to calm that situation before we can bring that wise old owl back. And And don't forget the limbic system, which is in between. Yeah like that gap that that hole in between and that's Mm -hmm. where we got the fight flight fright response going on right and if that takes over the got the wise old owl yeah it's your barking dog and yeah so when we talk about it within our own house that i'm i sometimes i'll just throw up like my fists and i'll be like your wise old owl and since i'm not using a ton of language like you need to calm down and you need to blah, 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 blah 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 like we have that symbol without even getting more and more language going into their brains, which is 
really difficult when your wise old owl has flown away, right? Then we have I that see adult. this. So we've had a preschool teacher on and I'm going to stop there. I For the preschool teacher, I think that would be a really simple or kindergarten or first grade, really simple <laughs> strategy to explain that the kids are out mm-hmm. of control without yeah. using a lot of words. You could mm-hmm. put your fist up, put your fingers out. And mm-hmm. if you do that from the beginning of the school year, yeah. wow, what a gold nugget that particular yeah, you're just building is. In, it's nonverbal. Yeah. yeah. You're <laughs> building in ways to communicate that aren't so much with your mouth, which a lot of times when you are in an emotional outburst, getting more sensory input in, especially if a person, the other person's nervous system. So like your teacher or your mom or whatever, if you're heightened with that nervous system, like escalated, and then you're throwing language at, it's really difficult to bring that wise old owl back. So calming and having some language without words can be helpful. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing strategy. So thank you for sharing that one. Yeah, that one is, that's been the one. I think you, you've got the prize of the, the, <laughs> the, the easiest one to utilize in the classroom. And I believe that it, if you did it from day one, mm-hmm. explaining it to the kids what, during circle time, the wise old owl and he flies the coop. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we are out of control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another one that I like to use, and I don't always use this when the kids are out of control, but I also like turning off the lights. Oh yeah. Cause it's the same thing. It's bringing down that, the sensory environment, like everything that you're taking in through your eyes, through your ears, like when your nervous system is heightened and you're having this emotional outburst, it is very difficult to calm down. So remove some of that, some of what we're taking in through our sensors, through our senses. My goodness, my mouth. Here. <laughs> hey, it's morning. What do we expect? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess the last question that I have, is there anything else that you'd like to share? How do people get a hold of you? Is there any other little gold nugget that you can offer? I would like to share, there is a book that I highly recommend. It's it's primarily for parents and it is from a Christian perspective, but it is written by Sally Clarkson and the book is called Different. And it really talks about her story of parenting and homeschooling her son, but her son who is quote unquote different, right? That's why she calls it different. I don't actually remember that her son's diagnosis or anything like that, but I do know that they had a lot of emotional outbursts within their home. And it's talking about what they did and what their story is. And it's just interwoven and beautiful of story of her understand, learning to understand her child. And it's written from her perspective and her son's. And because now he's an adult, it's just a beautiful book that might be really helpful for parents and for teachers to really be thinking about, okay, this kiddo is, is different. What can we do? How can I best understand him and help him to understand himself? Because remember, that's our purpose here is helping them to know who they are so that then they can continue to be lifelong learners. So that's that. And how do you find me? I'm on social media at homeschool OT. And then my website is 
homeschool OT. <laughs> and there, there are side of, for occupational therapists and educators, and then for home educators as well. And my purpose throughout all of this is to help families to make a match between their kids' skills, their environment, and what they need and want to do within the homeschool. And also because I can consult with families, but as occupational therapists, I can't really treat children outside of our state. And so I really find a match between other occupational therapists and children as well. So my whole job is like finding the match of the homeschool, finding the match of OTs and families. And so that's where you can find me. Is there any resource that you'd like to offer uh, the audience? So I have... On my website, there is something that's called a reverse planning journal. And many times this is fantastic for parents when they're thinking about, did I get anything done today? And I actually think it would be helpful for teachers too, where we think about instead of planning out our day in advance. Now, again, it is beautiful for us as when I don't have a bazillion kids in my class, but I'm able to then at the end of the day, list out some of the things that they've done. So whether it's we've gone for a hike or whether it's that they were doing push-ups in the middle of the day, or whether it's, I, I can write down all the stuff that we did during the day and look at the motor skills, the social skills, and the cognitive skills and the academic skills that they did through that. And like I said, there was a time in our day. Now it's very different, but there was a time in our homeschool that looked very different. And I was like, did we even do anything right today? <laughs> did, was this day worth it? Am I failing my children? At that point, it was really good for me to look back at the end of the day and be able to do that. So that is on my website. And Sherry, if you want to give me a coupon code so that everyone can get it for free, you say what coupon code you want it to be. And that's what we will do. Yeah, you create it and we'll figure it out. <laughs> and it'll be in it will be in the companion course. So if you go over to the companion course, you can get all of the resources that every expert has shared. Plus, you'll have about $1000 worth of product that I am offering if you order between August 1st and August 31st, that companion course is $47. If you wait until after August 31st, the price will be $197. So order today so that you can have all of these resources before school starts for most of us. Now, there are some schools that are starting in July. God bless us. <laughs> our homeschool year, yeah, our homeschool year runs July to July. We July through June. So my kids, quote unquote, first day was a while ago. Yes, I have a, a semi-daughter. Uh -huh. <laughs> she was a very good friend of my daughter's. They went to mm -hmm. high school together. So she, she's 27. And she now has three kids. One's in second grade, one's in kindergarten. And she has a baby, a toddler. <laughs> and... She posted on Facebook, I started school. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's July 1st. And you started school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it looks so different. My kid's first yeah. day of school was a museum. So why I not? Love it. <laughs> I love it. And I think the, the one day that we met actually in person, the kids were going to a museum. Yeah, we were. We were going to the Reading History Museum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you do a lot of museums, I take it. <laughs> Oh yeah. It was very different clearly during COVID. And then now that my daughter's getting older and in high school, so she's starting her sophomore year, it's a little different because she does have some more things that she needs to do at home. But my first year homeschooling, which was 2017, we did 50 field trips. 
because it was them learning. It was once a week that we were going somewhere. It's just, we learn through life together. So it, and we love to travel. So it really worked out for us that way. It's a little different now, but that's the way it was then. How amazing is that? And now you've settled mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So this has been a real joy to talk with you again. I've learned more about you every time we talk and do one of these interviews. I learn more. The owl is going to fly away. Hopefully, I need to keep him contained today because that's I right. That's love. right. Do not let him fly away. Bring that wise old owl back. <laughs> uh, I need to keep him contained today because I need to uh, finish up this whole, all the other stuff that goes with creating this summit. And I look forward to everyone learning as of August 1st. Thank you for coming on today, Miss Sarah Collins and the Homeschool OT. It has been a joy talking with you yet again. Same here. Thank you for having me. <laughs>